0: And welcome to Cinema Spectator, a show where an expert and a casual movie fan watch movies in the cinematic canon. Today's film is Locke, directed by Stephen Knight, starring Tom Hardy and sort of Olivia Coleman. audio only, but uh, mostly starring Tom, uh, Tom Hardy. My name is Cameron Tuttle and I'm joined with Isaac Ransom. Isaac, how are you doing?
1: Good, yeah. Uh, basically, exclusively starring Tom
0: Hardy in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Really, you know, only person on screen, basically. So, surprise! But- I
1: actually don't know if I've seen a movie with so much solitude in it. Weirdly, weirdly, like social conversation and completely alone at the same time. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yes. <laughs> we might dig into that, right? No, I'm good. I'm good. How about yourself, Cameron? How's the How's the
0: week been going? Uh, it's been pretty busy for me, but um, yeah, so I really haven't watched anything, <laughs> um, but overall pretty good. Um, had a good uh, Saturday, um, I had fun hanging out with some friends, and yeah, so did you, didn't you?
1: Yeah, yeah, well, I got to hang out with um, some of our patrons and actual friends, Um we talk about these, these people have all been on the show at some point, if not this show, our last podcast, but Tim Smith, who we endlessly bully Juzo, uh, great to just hang out with him in person just because he lives up North and I never get to like actually see him. And then JD was in town, uh, from Montana. And, uh, uh another friend of ours named David was there. So it was good. We cooked tacos and I basically bullied them all into watching, um, Puss in Boots, which I'm just now a, a true, you know, disciple of that movie. I'm openly mm. preaching about it. I am. Um, yeah, they, they tried to have me watch a movie called Hail Caesar. And I just want to say uh, 10 minutes into the movie. This is not a party movie. Sorry, Juzo. It's just like with a group of guys, like I, I literally had no idea what was going on. The other thing is, is that Hail Caesar. I didn't know. I didn't even know this movie existed. I'd never heard of it. So to yeah, see, yeah, it's a Cohen Brothers movie. To see so many like big stars on screen, I was like, "What is it? Like, what is this? An alternate reality kind of movie?" <laughs> then it's about Hollywood, which I instantly am like, "Ew, I don't really need to watch this." Um, but uh, it, truly, the visuals intrigued me. I was like, "I, I think maybe in a in a different setting, I would be um, very much attracted to to watching the whole thing, digging into it because it looks like it's it has a lot to say." Even kind of piggybacking off some of the conversation that we were having last week uh, with Last Temptation, um, because they're having kind of much more fun, like jokes about Hollywood making movies in biblical times and things like that. So um, there were some things there. We got 15 minutes in, and I was like, guys, we should watch Puss in Boots. I just <laughs> want to say, I just, I just want to say this, okay? As soon as we turned the movie on, the room went silent. Okay because it's just dumb and easy to watch it was very enjoyable um i don't think it's the greatest movie ever but um i feel like a lot of people just i mean the people that we were hanging out with they all sat there and just had a good time and i was like that's 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 all that's all you got that's all you got to have with a movie sometimes yeah. you know so i was feeling pretty lighthearted i mean the only other movie that i was watching i think on last monday was or Tuesday, Um, I was was trying to get through the rest of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, so I was watching Return of the King, but I only got, like, what, another 20, 30 minutes into it before we had to go do something. So, haven't been watching much. Now, I I also wanted to clarify as well that Cameron and I were talking about how we were going to watch Silence, and that is on me. We are going to get around to it, but basically the window that I had slotted to watch the film... I was like mentally out of space. Where I was like, I like just can't watch anything else. Like I had spent, I I played um, at church. I had served on the band, so I woke up really early to do that. And then we were we hung out with my parents and then Juliana's parents. So it was like back to back, like family time um, in two different places. And it was like nine o'clock, and I was like, I'm just like wiped. You know, like there's no (laughs) way I'm gonna watch some torturous movie about people that are depressed and things like that you know and Um, it's like
0: three hours long too yeah
1: i didn't know how how long (laughs) it was actually till i asked to to see something else you're like oh watch this and i was like how long was that other one i was like oh man i I dodged a (laughs) bullet there so yeah i i I apologize to the audience i know you guys want us to continue talking about scorsese and whatnot i promise we'll get around to it i know this one's a little out of left field but it's my fault if you don't want to hear a lock review Uh, we've reviewed a ton of movies, so you can always listen to another one. If you're fully caught up, I promise you it's coming. Um, but I think if there's one thing I've really learned from this podcast is that mindset is half the battle. Like when you're watching (laughs) a movie, you know, you kind of have to, um, you have to be like in a mood to get the most out of a film and like be prepared and like braced, especially a difficult movie. And I do want yeah. to give um, Silence a chance, even if I don't end up liking it. Um, I don't. I definitely wasn't going to give it much of a chance in the state that I was was in. So, um,
0: yeah. Well, Ju- Juzo talks about this a lot, where um, you know sometimes he hates a movie when he sees it in theaters because he was you know tired that day, or it was a it was a bad seat, or something. You know, and there there is a sense of sometimes you go into things. Uh, in a wrong way, and silence I think is a movie that you <sighs> I mean it's difficult in the best of times, but you really do have to be um a little bit Zen about going into it yeah um because it's such a it's a movie that's that's difficult on many levels in terms of the the topic the discussion but also you know um the way that it's it, not just the way that it's presented but um in in it's a very sober movie in the way that it talks about these things and so um, yeah I mean it's it's one that we can you know (laughs) we can revisit I think we we should and maybe if not next week we can come back to it at a later date but I was gonna um,
1: say Kim, we've kind of just let the movies roll with whatever we're feeling at this moment you know yeah right
0: now I you know I we used to do we'll do this again in the future I'm sure but we used to do sort of themed months um, but at the moment I'm feeling kind of good about doing, um, things that I want to show you, um, uh, more than anything and exploring, you know, with less of a theme only because, um, for th- the theme is really good when you're like trying to nail in on sort of a specific topic or nail in on a specific director. Um, but right now I think, um, being a little flexible and having our, um, having an ability to, to discuss things in a much more broad context instead of, you know, a, about one particular subject. I think that's, um, you know, that's been kind of fun. So it's not, I'm sure we're going to go back to doing, uh, themed months and whatnot. Uh, no doubt about it, but, um, it's been, it's been nice to just kind of relax and, uh, and get a couple interesting movies down the hatch, you know? Definitely.
1: Yeah, no, I, I I've been wanting to go see Return of the Jedi in theaters just because mm-hmm. I was like, man, if we could find some excuse to do that. But I I we gotta we gotta fulfill the promise. I promise we'll do it this month. I'm I'm just gonna disclaim one more time that <laughs> <laughs> my brother my brother's wedding is this week too. Cameron, your brother's wedding was like just a few weeks ago. It's like I know just yeah. wedding <laughs> overload right now in <laughs> our lives. So it's um. Yeah, I'm like, I feel like I'm, sometimes like, it's nice when the movie matches sort of your personal mood, not that you would ever be like, oh, I feel like watching a movie like Silence, but maybe you're feeling a little bit more introspective, Mm -hmm. um, you know, or you're kind of exploring some philosophy and that is not where I'm at at the moment. So (laughs) um, (laughs) I was last week, but not this week. So it will be, yeah, be fun it. To, I get it. To, to discuss uh, at least this one, um, which was very, very edible. That's the word I have for it. Just for sure. Extremely yeah. short. So, But before we get into the review, of course, you can support us at patreon.com slash ecfsproductions. Throw a couple dollars our way. Get exclusive benefits like having your question read on air, a bunch of things like that. If you're a patron, make sure to DM us. If you don't have a few dollars, it's all good. We totally get it uh, in this economy and all that. You can give us a rating. Um, whatever platform you're on, share the show. All the stuff helps us grow. If you just want to listen, that means a lot to us too. We just thank you for your time. And um, again, I apologize for totally just, I, I feel bad. If you just listened to last episode, you're like, let's go. And then what's well, a lock? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well,
0: yeah, no, it's true. But
1: it's it's okay. Don't worry about it. Don't All right, Cameron. Well, you, you have the stage. I mean, why did you pick this movie at last minute when uh, we were supposed to review something else?
0: Well, to be honest, there was um, there was a question of timing, you know. So I wanted to pick a a, a short movie, and actually, this one had been um, in in my. Uh, this is like a break glass for emergency kind of movie um, mm-hmm. for this podcast. So, um, in some ways, that was why I wanted to do this this film because. For one, I think we can have a great discussion about it. And also, it's under 90 minutes, you know. So, really low stakes as far as, um, you know, what we're going into. I'm not asking you to, to watch, like, Wolf of Wall Street-length uh, movie, you know. And we're just going to kind of <laughs> jump into a movie that is uh, very intriguing, but also very, like you said, edible. Um, at the same time, I kind of want to give a warning now that um, really this movie is best gone in blind. So if you haven't seen this movie, it's on HBO, um, and I really do recommend watching it personally. Um, I don't know about Isaac's feelings yet, but um, I, I will say if we go into any of the premise of the movie, not that it ruins it for you, but I think the experience of finding out um, is just as important and interesting as, uh, the sort of topics and the performance of the movie. Um, you know, with all that being said, I am a big fan of this movie. I've, I've thought that this movie was kind of a brilliant, it's, it's more of a theatrical, uh, piece than a, than a movie, but it really is, um, something that I think is so unique and interesting, Um, and done so well from such a confined, uh, limitation on itself. So without any other context, um, if you haven't seen the movie, go watch it. I recommend it. Like I said, 90 minutes, HBO max, just go, go check it out and come back. It's not that big of a, of a hurdle, you know? So anyways, let's talk with that said about Locke and I will go into some, you know, some of the details um, Locke takes place during a one hour or hour and a half car ride um, going from the main character's job site um, to, uh, as you find out, a um, a hospital where his newest son will be uh, delivered. And there's a lot of of conundrums on the way, but it's taken in this one sort of unbroken, uh, car length, and that's that's really the setup of the movie uh, in a lot of ways. and you don't really find that out until kind of 15, 30, 15 to twenty minutes into the movie. Um, and it's a very interesting revelation when you when you start to switch your mind and and say, Oh, this movie's all gonna take place in a car, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just want to hear what you thought of of Locke first and foremost, and then you know this is. I think this will be a very spoiler heavy review. Sure. So we could just say that we get into it uh, right off the bat. Um, But
1: yeah, I, I think this movie reminded me a lot of like a self-contained demo or some kind of, and I'm talking about video games like demo or like some kind of expansion pack where it can be wrapped up really neatly Uh, just because those are usually a little bit more bite sized and, I almost feel like this movie teeters into like short film territory um, because it goes by very quickly. What is the actual runtime of it?
0: It's an hour um, 25, but I think that's with credits. So an hour 20. Yeah, it feels
1: it feels really short. Um, Yeah. And it doesn't overstay it's well like if it was any longer it'd be like way too long you know
0: yeah um
1: because you're you're just stuck in a car listening to phone call conversations right um the movie feels surprisingly interactive um when you're watching it there's something about it that is like you're building a lego set or a puzzle you know trying to put it all together when you're viewing it um Mm -hmm. and i think there's a lot of about it that I just want to um, kind of praise from like a filmmaking perspective. Cause I think just to strip back a lot um, takes like it, it puts a magnifying glass on everything else that could be really bad. So this yeah. movie script is like airtight. It has to be, you know, it doesn't have a lot of time um every word feels like it's it's made to just get like you know get to the point and be thrilling in regards to like its drama um and and that's probably what i was most surprised about how you're only listening to a person have phone calls and you're almost visualizing story elements happening as they're happening yeah. Um, so, yeah. If you, it, if we've we've probably already spoiled too much, but this is your last call because we're going to get right into it. Um, we have to, right? There's not much more to this movie, right? <laughs> um, so, I want to talk about kind of the three primary relationships that he's calling between. One being, well, I guess there's there's maybe four. four, ones, yeah, but... four. Um, I don't know if you want to include the sons. It's like. Or, or the job or his boss, right? Those two are kind of like the ones that I'm like, "Uh, you know, Um, side characters. Yes. I would say the, the, the first one being like the guy that he left in charge of his job at his job. Um, Like Donald. Donald, right. His interactions with Donald are probably the most like visually, um, like or not visually it's like imagination fueling where you're you're listening to them talk and he's talking about like okay what does the concrete look like or tell me about like the 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 bars and you're like almost like you're visually seeing it or when he's he's running uh down the street and he calls him like heavily breathing (laughs) and he's in the car with those weird guys right like it's almost like everything you can you can see it all happening uh just through the phone call and i was I was really amazed by that. Um, the other relationship uh, is with his wife and family, which is like you're watching a um, some kind of like sad house drama thing, like one of those movies where everyone's crying, like This Is Us or something, like a This Is Us crying show or something, um, where there there's kind of like a family fallout taking place. Uh, and then the third relationship that really stood out to me, obviously, because there's nothing else to stand out with this movie. Um, but it, it but it, when, I, when I'm saying stand out, it's like intriguing. Like it's engaging uh, is um, why he's going to the hospital who you find out to be a woman that he slept with once. I don't, He's like kind of in this weird state where he was like, I did it because I felt bad for her which was a very strange kind of place. So there's like guilt and shame. And then there's also like, he doesn't care about her. Um, but then he's like morally held to some higher standard because of some of his past, like trauma, right. With whatever happened with him and his dad. Um, so the, the the reason that his relationship is in, is engaging with her and in my opinion is that it almost feels more of a um almost like a rom-com romance kind of side although it is very depressing it's not it's not anything like princess Diaries or anything like that but there's an element to their relationship when they're talking where she's really fishing for love and um
0: mm-hmm.
1: instead of it being something that like he's responding to it's more of like, he's not interested at all. And it's kind of just sad. All of that is, is like a sad romance movie of some kind. Right. So you kind of have three, three of these narratives that are, that are clashing in their tide, uh, uh, each, each like puzzle and how they connect, um, slowly becomes revealed across just like the hour and 25 minutes. um, and like i said this movie is very easy you know you you watch it it's revealing a bunch of information to you um and then it ends pretty abruptly but you also don't really want it to be around for any much longer right and it had me sort of sitting back and i think the highest praise that i can give it is that i was um I I just enjoyed the mechanics of the movie. Yeah, like I said, it was yeah. engaging. It was like, um, it was some kind of like it was there's something exercising or gamey gamified about it. I'm not sure what it, what it is, but you're you're just sort of engaging with it in a way that, um, I I don't usually have that experience with with movies as far as what it's saying and what it's getting at. I didn't. It, again, it could be like where I was just at that day, but I was like, I don't know if this movie is really overly deep to me. Um, I just kind of enjoyed it, and and I don't know if I would. I don't even know if it's no, normally the movie I would I would go for. Um, but I I sort of felt that it. I ha- I haven't really considered like what it's trying to dig at the most. I've kind of figured we would get to that in the conversation. So I would, I would say overall I'm positive about it. And it was because I always am kind of bought into like these interesting um, mechanics around filmmaking. Not, not always, but like, it kind of reminded me of my, my love for what was going on in rear window Mm -hmm. Like where they're like, okay, we're just going to stick to like this one room. And I'm like, Oh, like they put this limitation and they're allowed to do so much in that space. Right. Right, This movie, um, they were allowed to do so much in the writing space and that's all that they do. And they're, they seem extremely disciplined in this movie's filmmaking. Like, um, yeah, (laughs) they, they're really not allowing for anything out of the ordinary uh with with the movie. And... well I
0: will say and you'll find this interesting as far as the actual filmmaking goes. Uh it is a very impressive um feat because this was done um in this was filmed in 6 days. Wow. Um two takes per night. And they did the whole um they did the whole unbroken shot in in one take. Whoa. So the whole drive. Um and it really was like a play, basically. And so they had they had Tom Hardy on site uh, with you know with the camera, with all the um, with the car, and with everything like that. And then they had at the actors set up in a hotel that who were calling in. Oh, and okay. that's how they shot it. Um, all, right. all in this sort of <laughs> you know this long sort of winding, um, you know, ba- basically as a play as you would a play. Um, and then it was it was edited together through all those different takes. Um, so. now you don't know if he was actually, well, he wasn't actually driving was he? I think he was yeah oh wow
1: <laughs> that's uh that's kind of intense
0: to have yeah, to like th-
1: remember all your lines and then drive like i mean of course they're probably shutting down all the roads and whatnot um but still he might
0: yeah he, i mean he was definitely in a car. I don't know if they were necessarily driving because the one thing I know about that is I'm sure I I yeah, I actually don't know. I think they were. Um, I feel like that because, wouldn't make sense though, you know. Well, they have um you know when uh sort of like halfway through, uh, there's like a couple times where where it goes like you have a call waiting. Um, that was actually uh it was it was the car um, and that was the the fuel running out sound. Oh, wow. Okay. And that was Tom Hardy getting frustrated. And so they (laughs) replaced it with, you know, you have a call waiting. So, um, so I don't, I don't know. I kind of think they were, and he was hooked up to a, um, to a rig camera rig of some sort. Yeah.
1: I don't know how they would even, I don't know how they would do that with all like, cause the car doesn't look like there's a bunch of cameras crammed in it you know um
0: no I, yeah um well uh, yeah i mean the i imagine they they have different camera rigs for each scene they I mean, that's how they did it for yeah uh, for every for every time that they did it they they redid a, a camera move you know a camera placement um but i don't know i'm not sure yeah um but it is interesting that that's how they filmed it sort of all in this one unbroken um, take. And I think you can kind of tell that's why there's this sense of, of momentum and there's this sense of, of direction. And I think his performance is really just spectacular in this movie. Um, there's something about it, you know, well, for one, Tom Hardy is known as a guy who never talks on screen basically (laughs) um you know he's a very quiet actor he's usually the the person who who sort of is um much more reserved and he's definitely reserved in this movie but all of the the whole movie is him talking you know so for him to be known as this guy who who just never talks it's an interesting um it's a really interesting and unusual performance for him i think yeah um But as far as I mean, well, I I do want to break down a little bit some of those those relationships, because I think um, the one with Donald is very interesting. I I love what you said about um, having this sort of imagination when you're when you're seeing or when you're hearing this uh, these conversations happening, because you really do. Even with, um, you know, with the sons, you kind of see them. I see them in like this this kitchen area where they they see the game and you know there's right, the hand right. you know there's the phone on the wall and stuff and and it's got this um uh you know and then and then she obviously has the other phone upstairs um and so you you do get this visual picture of like you know the t v on in the background and um and everything like that and and with Donald you know you see him sort of in the, in the construction office with, you know, a a six pack of ciders and, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're worried about how that's going and uh, see him running down the street and stuff. Um, so I, I, I do agree. And that's, that is one thing that, that keeps this movie very interesting is, um, in each, in each place and in each sort of, setting. Um, They give you, they feed you little bits of information that can keep your mind sort of imagining and feeling interested in the, and engaged in, in how the story is going. And I love how each time you kind of think that something is final, or you think that there's, there's not another way, you know, there's no more information that you can find out about this, this character. They reveal something a little bit more and a little bit deeper and a little bit more intri- intricate. Um, and I do think the writing is so, re- so interesting in the movie. Yeah, and it's a very very simple movie as far as the premise, as far as the, um, you know how it's made, how it's shot. It is stripped d- down, bare bones. Um, but like you said, that means the all of the other things that it does well, that it needs to do well really come through and shine and, and make it as successful as it is. Um, and I think if this was a much more, um, it, you know, if if this was a much more amateur writer, um, it could probably come off as boring or a little kitschy or, you know, whatever else. But I think, I think he, he really s- sort of stretches himself and gets down to the bare bones here. Um, Even with a story as simple as, you know, a normally faithful man who cheats on his wife at at one moment, you know, and feels indebted to to the mistake that he caused. Um, That's a story that's been told forever, basically. Um, But to do it in a way that is um, unique is straightforward is poignant. I think it really works. And I love movies that are, um, that are very simple like this. You know, I think they show, um, a level of, well, for one, I want more movies like this. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want more of these sort of stripped down experiences. Um, but they show a level of skill and a level of great execution. Um, there's actually a filmmaker who he graduated from my high school, and I haven't seen this movie, so I, I don't want to talk tons of praises about it. Um, but it's a movie called Searching, um, and uh, it stars John Cho, and it's it's made from a webcams perspective, and that's the only um, that's the only shot you get is just from a webcam. Um, and so that that kind of experience is is one that's very interesting too, you know. Um, so I, I like that as um, I like that as an experiment, you know.
1: Yeah, so. I remember I remember seeing some of the marketing for this, like just kind of being the desktop view kind of thing going on. Yeah. It's cool. I feel like some of these movies, people like you have to kind of be ready for the small scale and and um or, or you have to buy into it when it when it appears, right? Um, and when you do, I think, I, I do believe usually a movie benefits from a smaller scale. Um, not that I don't love the big cinematic, like crazy budget movies. I do. I think a lot of people do. But it's what I think makes people fall in love with horror movies really quickly. I mean, I've never seen it, but I know that you were surprised when you, when you saw Saw. And how kind of like stripped back it was, um, at least in that that the the most famous scene with the, those two guys locked in the room, right? Um, so I just uh, yeah, I I do think that this movie I could have had a scene or something else, but it was cool that it was like yeah, like we're just gonna commit to this and not stay too long and a scene outside of it probably could have really quickly ruined, um, what the movie was doing anyways. So yeah, I I feel mixed on it because I was kind of excited to see something happen at the hospital when it didn't happen. I was like, well, they're committed. You know, they, again, I said, what I'm saying is like very disciplined, right? This movie feels extremely disciplined. Um, and so I, I, I can understand, like, sort of where maybe it's sitting in that. Like, because I'm looking at the reviews now. It has a 7.1 on IMDb. Um, so I'm kind of curious, like, and, and the Google reviews are a 4.1. Um, with some people really hating it. Like, there's, like, the <laughs> the five stars pretty long, four stars a little bit longer. the The amount of four-star reviews are matched by the one-star reviews. Um, so I think maybe some people got a little bit bored. Um, a lot of people praising Tom Hardy for what, uh, like how he was able to, to handle something like this, um, where everybody sees him as Gotham's reckoning, <laughs> just, uh, the guy behind this the was, mask.
0: This was right afterwards too. Wow. Wow. That's um, awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so yeah, I mean, we can
0: get into some of these one-star reviews, Cameron. If you'd like to refute them, um, well, I mean, but... I could understand why people wouldn't like it. I just think there's no, well, well, okay. Let's let's get into it. Let's, let's, okay, uh, they're just gonna say it's boring, it's shot in one take, blah blah blah. But they just they just don't understand, you know? They don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean,
1: I'm gonna read the two star reviews because I okay. feel like they have they have something a little better than boring, boring. Right? <laughs> a movie. Oh, uh, I can read. This is a uh, dear Glenn Fittich. He's got a deer in his picture. Very, very smart. Um, two stars. A movie that simply teaches you to make deliberate decisions. And do not let your emotions ruin your life. Ridiculous main character motivation. Tom Hardy was brilliant. <laughs> Why would he devastate everything because of one mistake? Why should I even care about some strange stranger woman's idea of keeping the baby? For me, the motivation of the main character is pretty unreasonable. Maybe because I have no such family breakdown experience. The whole movie, I was thinking, man the whole concrete thing worth 50 times more than uh, this fetus from a one night stand. Turn your beamer around. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, uh, the the moral conundrum, right? Yeah. There's kind of like this interesting. uh, Yeah. We should talk about Locke's, Locke's character and his moral struggle because I, it feels simplistic yet complicated at the same time. Um, he has some kind of control problem um, in the movie, sure. is what is kind of what came across to me. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I didn't really know how to feel about his character. I was just kind of witnessing it. I wasn't emotionally connected to any sort of lesson. In this film, and I was like, "Yeah, like the mechanics are cool. I don't really know what it is saying about doing the right thing, or what it's saying about its protagonist. I don't know what do you what are your thoughts on it, Cameron?"
0: Well, I I sort of personally connect to to Locke in some ways because there is something, um, you, you know, you so. Uh, through the story, you get that Locke, um, uh, Locke's father, um, had abandoned him when he was a, when he was a baby, um, and he has this sort of intense hatred of his father, um, which in turn is a hatred of himself because he's done the same thing that his father did to him, and so I think the control problem. It's not that I mean he does have a maybe an ocd issue for sure um that's probably true but, so many of
1: these reviews are comically like fixated on concrete too which is pretty <laughs> funny
0: um but i think uh i i think you know what what gives him this this issue of this is the this is the you know i need to make this work because um i don't want to become you know who who my father was to me. I felt the pain of being abandoned. Um, I don't want that to happen to to the to the child that I um, have. You know, have caused. I think that's a very compelling motivation, and I don't really see. You know, whether or not it's it's rational, whether or not it's you know, blah blah blah. Um, I think that's a completely understandable and human motivation, you know, he's done something that he finds so abhorrent because, um, it's given him sort of the greatest pain in his life that someone did to him. Um, and so he's seeing, he's seeing how someone makes the choice to abandon their child. Um, he's seeing it in real time and coming to the realization that, um, not only do I not want to be like this person, but I can also like my father. But I can also see why he did what he did, and I still hate him. Um, and and I think I think part of it is that he wants to be he wants to be better than his father, obviously. But he wants to um, he wants to prove it to him as well that it could have been done, um, no matter what the sacrifice was in his life. He could have stayed with with his kid, because he's giving up everything to do it, right? And so that that's the point. I mean, obviously, <laughs> you know this this reviewer is saying like like oh yeah, you know that all that concrete it's uh it's worth more than this uh, this kid, and it's like yeah, obviously, but that's not why he's that's the point. That's that's what he's willing to give up because he's made this promise to himself. Um does that make sense?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Somebody else reviewed here, um, just to kind of follow up on that thought. Um they said, I think the director makes a poor moral argument and and is unconvincing or and unconvincingly tries to make me believe that you should sacrifice everything for what this absent father did, which I find kind of ridiculous. But it's an interesting moral discussion. Um,
0: well, I don't I don't know that the director is even suggesting making... one
1: way is the right decision or not. I think the ending yeah. of it is quite nuanced, right? Um, they spend a lot of time with Locke at the beginning saying this is the right thing to do, this is the right thing to do. But it really sinks in that it could have, it probably wasn't um, when especially with those last few conversations with his kids, yeah, um, and they're like, he's like, I'll be home. And then the, when the mom calls back and says, like, no, you're not coming back. You know, yeah, yeah. like, I'm telling you right now, that's not going to happen. um Yeah, I just. Uh, I didn't quite connect what was going on with his dad. He was like talking about how he's like, I'm not going to like, I'm going to be there for this kid. Unlike how my dad was. But like he already has kids, so I'm like, what about them? You know, like I don't well, know. And, and he also like loathes this woman, kind of like he just doesn't yeah, like sure. her. So I'm like, I'm yeah. just very confused, sort of. What, like, like he probably you you get the sense towards the end that it's like, dude, you're like kind of dumb, like you know, like I just I I, don't I did know. I I, don't I know. felt that I disagree. Way. <laughs> I felt that way towards the end, like when he like stops and he missed the the birth of the baby and everything. It was like, it was almost all for nothing. Right. Um, and it stops to kind of let the, the viewer, I think decide, right. Where, where, where are you at? Right. What do you think of, um, what he was trying to do? And his last statement in the movie is like, okay, I'm still coming. He's a little stubborn. Right. He's like, this is still like, I'm still justified in, in my spot, you know? But I think if you kind of extract the situation, it reminds me of, um, people who make bad decisions, but refuse to acknowledge that they are being a bad person, right? <laughs> um, like, I always think about how, like, admitting you're wrong is such a powerful thing because it's like you're instantly much more trustworthy uh, to everyone around you. And it's like Locke's character is extremely untrustworthy by the end of this movie to everyone in his life. It didn't matter how good his character was before, being a husband with two kids and the family's excited for him to come home to be as a successful project manager and everything. Um, it was like, he he like, even on the, like he's admitting, he's like, yes, that was stupid, but this is like, he's still making
0: excuses, you know, in the movie. Um, I see, I wonder because, um, what's a worse decision, right? Let's say you've already made the bad decision, which is, um, you know, you slept with this woman, um, she's pregnant, you know, you're, you're, you know, she's having a baby. She has nobody, um, in her life except for you, presumably, and you don't really want to be there. Um, is the worst, What like, what's the worst decision to leave this kid who you've, um, you know, you've, caused, you know, your, your own, uh, fault, your own mess, your own issue, or to, you know, hide it, brush it under the rug, um, you know, go back to your kids, uh, watch the game, spend the night with your wife, don't say anything. What's the, what's, you know, what's a worse outcome or what's, what's the worst decision?
1: The decisions he made were the worst. I mean, it's not binary, Cameron, because he did. He made that decision over and over and over again, up until the moment that we pick up the plot where he's deciding that suddenly he's going to change and he's going to do the right thing now that the pressure's on. And it's like, oh, you only do the right thing when you have to sacrifice everything. Like you couldn't have just you couldn't have just like said something sooner you couldn't have, you could have, you could not have included your wife on that information sooner. Maybe you would have actually been there for the baby if you had done something sooner. You know, again, it's it's this, it's I I think this is probably where some of the reviews are like I don't quite understand the moral footing where, um, like like it's it's just a to me it came across more as like a simple mechanical movie that. You know, I don't know if it's necessarily saying a, a moral thing. I felt like the ending was tragic. I was like, this entire thing is tragic, right? Yeah, um, for sure.
0: Well, of course, but you're watching. You know, like he says, he in 90 minutes he goes from having a wife, having a home, having a job um, to having nothing. So yeah, of course it's tragic. <laughs> you know, that's that's the whole point. But I think I think really what the what the director is trying to get at is sometimes there are decisions that or there are things that you said you would never do um, that puts you in a, a position where you become someone who you don't want to be. Um, and from then on out, uh, you you still have to make decisions in the future. You know, so yes, Locke should have made better decisions beforehand. I think you know he would say that. But at that moment, at that critical di- time, when he gets the call that, you know, she's going into labor, um, what is he? What is he charged with doing? I mean, what is what is the the moral decision there? And it is a binary. There is a moral decision, and and not one. Right. Yes,
1: but like I. It didn't start then, right? Like, I think what the mean? ending, the ending, no, 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 The ending does not paint Locke in any sort of, like, redeeming quality because he says, like, I literally lost everything. And, and my question, like, when he said that was like, yeah, and for what, you know? Your own stupid moral standard you couldn't even hold, right? Now you are genuinely dumb, right? You genuinely didn't like like it's like the the small you could have made some kind of small decision somewhere. Uh but so like he he puts it on the line at the worst time, you know? Um that that's kind of like that's kind of where I where I see it. Because at the end of the movie he's like at the beginning of this dro- or or at the end he's like at the be- uh, before this car ride I had a job I had all this stuff um and now I do not and it's like it's just <laughs> I don't know like I I heard that and I was like stupid <laughs> like I don't know like I was like I don't I don't quite like I don't I wouldn't even claim that he has a good moral standing either, <laughs> you know, like did he make the right decision right there? I don't that phone call with his kid definitely didn't make it feel like it was the right decision, you know
0: well, so okay, so then you're saying the right decision is to just l- let her be, you know, don't worry about it Chill. will think... be fine on her own
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I don't think he should have been there honestly
0: because but he it, wasn't even there for her
1: either, was he?
0: Yeah. No. Yeah, he was yeah,
1: there for sure. the kid. For which the also, kid. Also, yeah. which also like isn't gonna remember any of that, anyways, right?
0: No, but I think I think it's really the um, <laughs> it's more the symbol than the yeah, the of movie.
1: course. Of but
0: course. but also for one, I mean, now you're just talking about the concrete because he's gonna lose the the wife and the home and the kids either way <laughs> I mean that's already gone that's out the door sure sure but you you could kind of
1: handle I mean better to so see now, you're your ask, kids, now you're asking you now you're
0: asking is um is the is the concrete pouring <laughs> more important than him being with his kids well well you you say I mean that's the
1: other thing is like like he literally has nothing right like let's imagine yeah. that he actually cares about this kid that he's he's sacrificing everything for right on some sort of moral ground. What does he have to offer that kid at this point? You know? Well, I don't
0: think he, I think it's, I think, I think the choice is that he's, he's decided to be in this kid's life, whether or not he likes it. Um, no matter the consequences. I mean, I think that's the choice that he makes, right?
1: Okay. I mean I mean like I don't and know. And that comes
0: that stems from the feeling of being abandoned when he was a kid.
1: Right. Yeah, I don't know. I just
0: I kind of see him as an idiot to be honest. <laughs> um, well, I just I I think I think obviously he's he's in the wrong um for the choices that he, he makes previous to the movie. Um, but I think there is a genuine question here of did he do the right thing by um, by going to um, going to Bethany or Bethany well let's let's just
1: shift oh, hold on a second again, this is why I think he's stupid, okay <laughs> He is he is really not accounting for anyone else anyone at all. He's a- incredibly selfish in this movie. Mm -hmm. there is not one character that he's doing this for besides himself. Sure. Right. Yeah. So to say that like he has some kind of moral decision, that it was the right decision. I'm going to tell you right now, if you're having a hard time trying to figure out something like morally, usually the selfish decision is not usually the most moral decision. I just want to put that out there. Okay. I'm not saying in every case. All right. But, like he basically screws over everybody, and you're expected to be like, "Well, he w- it was because he was making the right decision." It's like, okay, just throw the marriage out the window. Well, throw, he already did that. That know,
0: was gone already.
1: He handled it very poorly. <laughs> you know,
0: <laughs> he handled
1: it very, very poorly. I mean, no doubt about right?
0: that. But but that, you know, is that a is that a crack that's ever gonna mend? I don't know. He's talking um,
1: about like he's talking the 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 like the, the allegorical concrete in his life. Like he's like he's like I built the perfect foundation, and it was like, it's like I don't think so, dude. Like <laughs> I don't know. Like I just I don't know. I I I just I didn't like the main character all too much at all in this movie. Again, like, I was just, like, more like, oh, yeah, you know, this is, this is, um, this is a cool mechanical movie, um, starring a selfish guy.
0: So. Can you say something selfish if it, um, destroys your life to do it? What? What? Well, he's obviously destroyed his life making this decision. Yes, you
1: can absolutely be selfish and destroy your life,
0: okay? No, well, I just mean... um, I don't know that... I think I... Is it selfish? Um, Is it only because he's doing it for, for sort of his own... Um, ego, or is it because he's not doing it for for Bethan?
1: Both, I mean, he's doing it for his own ego, and he's not doing it for Bethan. He, <laughs> both of those things are clear in the movie to me.
0: Yeah, but I guess i w- I wonder if. Um... And I I will I I will credit,
1: I will credit like Tom Hardy plays a sympathetic role. But the writing's on the wall, you know? (laughs) And and the um and I, I do think the nuance of the ending of the movie is that he's constantly being like, This is the right thing. This is the like he's like telling himself that I am doing the right thing. I am the concrete foundation, I am the best person I'm going to finish the job even when I'm fired I only slept with her because I felt bad for her it's all excuses it's all excuses you know he is genuinely like the most selfish person in the movie um and I I don't know like I But I
0: I just wonder I is the alternative cuz this is what you're saying the, you're saying the alternative is is he goes right back to work? He goes home. Bethan's, you know, on the getting sliced open on the operating table, and he's like, "All right, see ya." Well, you came, you know, too early, so um, I'll see you after I'm done with this poor. I'm not saying is that. Igno- like, I'm not. Is, is that the I'm right not decision? saying
1: ignore the the mistakes you made.
0: Well, but, but the decision but that kind the, of the, is the, what you're saying.
1: No, I'm not. No, I'm not.
0: In order to like, because it because it's not order to... Cameron.
1: I'm saying it's not binary. <laughs> you know, like he he should tell his what? wife that he cheated on her. You know, he should sure, break yeah, the news to his that kids. Sure, but he should have done that
0: before that before before this movie. Yeah, yeah, yes. we both agree there.
1: No, but even but, so, even but it, so, it, it even if he if he if this movie started right, and he didn't make the decision to leave the job site, and he did go home to his wife and kids it it would have been better <laughs> it would have been better than what he ended up with you think you know? so <laughs> totally totally because the only motivation of him going for it is pride that's why
0: yes but but it would be just as prideful to go home and pretend nothing's happened i mean
1: i don't know i don't know if prideful is the right word I mean it's Maybe just like, a selfish. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I like I said, like I just don't think it's one or the other. Like
0: people that think it's one or the other, <laughs> I'm just like,
1: man, I don't know. Like I just don't think that's a reality.
0: Um no, it's not, but but in a in a in a place where you have to make a, a an extremely difficult decision like he does. Mm-hmm. where he's put himself there admittedly he says that this is my I've caused this you know this is yes my fault. yes yes um there it you know you do have to pick a or b here <laughs> yeah I mean he does
1: he th- yeah he he believes that he does have to make that decision very rashly yeah. you know yeah it's kind of like the example but I'm of just, like you know the, the train lever like question where they're like, oh, like would you <laughs> like save problem. save yeah. 50 people that you don't know from being hit by a train or save your mother, right? right. It's like either right. way, you're like, you're not in a good spot, right? <laughs> um, either well, way, you're yeah. going to pull the lever. And then if, it, but but this is the thing that they don't talk about with the trolley um, question is it's like. What if you don't touch the lever?
0: No, that is right? the trolley problem. That's the question. That, oh, the, okay. The original is you've got one person on on a track, and you've got, uh, sorry, you've got three people on a straight track, right? And you've got one person um, on a track that's off to the side, but you have to pull the lever in order to to redirect the the track to hit the one person.
1: And then you're a murderer, right?
0: Right, yeah. And that's that's the question. If you pull the lever, is that more is that a morally wrong action to do? You know, if if it keeps going and it just hits the you know, the three people, you didn't do anything, but if you pulled the lever, then uh you uh, you've redirected the train and you've killed that one person. And that was a a conscious moral choice for you. Right.
1: Yeah, it just feels like this example is like everyone... It's like he pulled the lever, but there was like everyone on the other side. And it's like, what? You know? Like, that seems a little weird, right? Well,
0: but I just... I don't know, because I think think it's hard... I think that's a hard question to, to ask. And I do think, give the movie credit here, it does ask a very complicated question. It's not... You know, this is a this is something that we're we're discussing right now, um, because it's interesting and kind of thought provoking. It's sure, not the most sure. you know uh, revelatory ex- experiment that's ever been tried or whatever, but it is interesting, and you know we're having a good discussion about it. But I think I I think I just I, I have a hard time saying that he did the wrong thing. Maybe he did it for the wrong reasons. And I think you're coming at it from a more consequentialist perspective that everything that he has is lost. You know, he's thrown everybody else under the bus to do this one thing. And like, that's true and all, but also the alternative is him, um, abandoning, um, his kid and him, um, being, Which is kind of the more selfish choice. For the kid. Mm. Is,
1: like, would it be abandoning? That's the thing, is, like, if he really wanted to be there, he didn't have to do it that night, right? That's the other thing, is that he missed the birth, too. Well, yeah, but
0: he couldn't control that, obviously.
1: Again, like, he's got a control problem, right? So I just, (laughs) I,
0: (laughs) I don't know. Like, um, well, I'm just, I'm just saying, I I don't think it's as simple as, as saying like, ah, he's just abandon her. You know, he should just leave her be and, uh, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I get what you're saying that. Yeah. Obviously did he have to be there right then that night? Um, but you know, I mean. It's complicated. It's not. It's not as easy as just saying, you know, add ah, just go home, do the job tomorrow, five in the uh, five in the morning. You know, you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. You know, don't tell your kids. Have fun at the <laughs> watching the game. <laughs> like I don't know.
1: I don't know if that. Yeah, I mean, the more... but he he still like tries to play it off normal to the kids and whatnot too. Like I don't know. Like for then, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 weird to me
0: that um when it came down, should he have just lied to, uh, to the wife? <laughs> no, 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 work? no, no.
1: I, I do not think and that is not what I'm <laughs> saying. I do not think he should have lied or anything like that. If I were in his shoes at the beginning, um, I probably would have left the site and told the wife and kids and got thrown out of the house and then just went back to the site. <laughs> 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 yeah. And sure, then, you sure. know, when the job is done, we'll go we'll go up and and see, you know.
0: No, can, I mean, I think right. I think that ma- makes more sense, yeah. <laughs> you
1: know, like it's not
0: <laughs> But it's you're, not you like but a, that's what you're saying. You are saying that the concrete is more important than <laughs> Than him being with Hey, them. you know, if I'm if I'm <laughs> handed those
1: cards, you know, like if I if that's what I got, you know, if those are the resources you start with at the beginning of Catan, you know, those are the moves I'd make, you know, that's just what I'm saying. You know. <laughs> Is it but like I just I just think it's strange that he has like a family and it really feels like he screwed the the those other kids over and he's becoming that father that abandoned him to those kids um
0: well but they talk about you know he's gonna be he's gonna see him and stuff
1: i i was crushed i thought the kid phone calls were were just brutal they're the sad aren't they're they? they're incredible they're, they're yeah. i was like oh man when he's my like God. i'm
0: on my cell i'm under the yeah. duvet <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) like and he's he's crying, you know. He's trying to hold it together. I mean, yeah, and he's still talking about the game,
1: and it's just terrible. You're like, oh gosh, it's good stuff. Yeah, I, yeah, like like I said, this movie does have the the bite sized thing. It's almost like nursery rhyme esque. It has the demo disc vibe to it. (laughs) You know, it's got a little bit of that. Like, it's it's consumable. It's quick. It is not you know, this massive thing. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like you could, you could watch this movie and talk about it for a long time or just take it in and walk away. Um, but, it, but I think the beauty of it is how simple it is and how much, like, I, I really feel like you could talk about this movie for a long time. Yeah. Because it has that nursery rhyme thing going on. Um, so, I I don't think it's a perfect movie. I don't know if it's for me, it's hard to not like recommend because it's so easy to like get through. That's the other thing. It's on HBO Max. You can watch it, it's pretty short. There's really, it's just a guy taking phone calls. You know, if you're inspired to do something like more low budget or you love filmmaking, I think this movie is a must. You have to watch this. You'll sit there and be like, you can really critique it and be like, man, like, or, or if you're a script writer, you know, there's something there. Um, I could see general audiences just being like, they're struggling to like morally argue because of its. Like, like I'm understanding where some of these reviews are coming from, where they're like, well, why didn't he do this? Or like, concrete, you won't <laughs> shut up about concrete, you know? Or um, I think the stuff with the dad is. I was kind of hoping it would go a little bit more like spiritual at a moment. Like when he's looking in the back seat, you kind of keep like, kind of like squinting, like, is there a face there? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, when I was watching it, I was like, what's that? Like, what is that in the shadow? Oh, it's just the back seat, <laughs> you know? And I was like, kind of hoping that there would. They would I'm have glad kind that of... they
0: didn't do anything like that.
1: Yeah. It's a very I mean it's a very straight movie. Even Imagine just a big spider in the backseat.
0: <laughs> <you know? laughs> <I just>, um... <laughs> well, but even the um the fact that the movie takes I think maybe we didn't talk about this that much, but um the fact that the movie takes place in real time. Oh yeah, yeah. Is just as uh, you know, it gives it that groundedness of being like You are watching it as it happens, you know? So, so yeah. I will say
1: as far as real time, you know, like the only, the only other thing I did this week is I started, I restarted Red Dead Redemption 2. There's something (laughs) about that, you know, like every action is like in the moment, you know? And you're like, I'm, I'm connecting with this for some reason. It's grounded. It's more grounded. So yeah, maybe the big spider wouldn't have been a good call. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but
0: <laughs> well but i mean that is interesting i mean i've never um i don't think i've ever watched a movie that's in real time in the same way i think maybe climax is the only other one um it's not really yeah i mean real
1: the, the the uh the other thing is, is i don't know if i've watched a movie where it's just one person for a super long time mm-hmm. like this i mean you could say like oh i've seen cass but I'm pretty sure there's other people in that movie at some point, right? This Um, movie is strictly one guy in the car. Um, Yeah. Even Monica Mana has a bigger cast, you know?
0: (laughs) True, yeah. Goats. Um, (laughs) Uh, There's another movie uh, called, it's with Robert Redford. I think it's like Lost at Sea or something. I don't know. Oh. Um, And that, I think that is like, like explicitly him um uh oh all is lost that's what it's called Mm. yeah i'm pretty sure that's just him and it's on a boat he's like in the middle of the sea i've never seen it before but even even gravity you know we just watched gravity that's got three people (laughs) but mostly it's her yeah so yeah I,
1: I don't know how much more we can really say about the movie. It is it is what it is. Um, sorry I was going so hard on Locke there. <laughs> you
0: know? You're like, the Locke, make s- the better decisions before you were written, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah.
1: Man, I don't know why that made me want to play, like, Blackjack or something. What? It was like those, The I don't know, there's something about it where I was like, Cause you were talking about like like it's a yes or no kind of oh, decision sure, sure, there. Sure. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, you like blackjack, Cameron?
0: I love blackjack. Yeah,
1: I love blackjack. I I'm not even a gambler. I just think that game is so fun. I used yeah. to play blackjack on a DS Super Mario <laughs> 64 DS. <laughs> what? Destroy <laughs> Luigi at blackjack? I don't know why Wait, they, they have, have blackjack gambling in and...
0: <laughs> <laughs> <In> Super Mario,
1: <laughs> yes, they did. Is the that PS even allowed? Were, they had mini games, you know, you're betting your star coins, and I would just destroy the house. And so funny, it. just
0: uh, I, you know. I actually I find that hard to believe because I think gambling is like an auto M rating in all games.
1: <laughs> oh, it was hard to find, you had to dig through <laughs> the menus. <laughs> 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 it's not, you know, it's not, you're not actually gambling anything. Just star coins, you know? Yeah,
0: I guess so. I mean, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't
0: know. That was a complete side tangent. But, Cameron, do you recommend this movie? I do. I think this is a great movie. Um I think, I mean, yeah, like you said, um the, it's so easy to, to get on board with. And I think, I think the surprise element, too. I want to hear your thoughts about this. When did you realize that the movie was just going to take place in a car? <laughs> pretty quickly, I think. Really?
1: <laughs> yeah, I would say it's probably like five, ten minutes in. Yeah. Like, once he got, like, a second phone call, I was like, okay, yeah, like, this is just kind of where it's going. Yeah, um, yeah. I was, I was pretty ready to get out of the car, too. <laughs> By the time the movie ended, I was like, all right, come on, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, so, but uh, stepping away from it when the credits rolled, I was like, yeah, mechanically, awesome. That had to be a tough script to, like, nail. Yeah. And um, g- great performances with what little they had in terms of, like, just vocal inflection and Tom Hardy, like, responding The way that he did, I think the scenes where he's emotional are like, they're, they're really good. Yeah. Um, so.
0: Also, I, um, I did look up how they did the, uh, the rig. Okay. Um, They, he is not driving, but the car is on a flatbed that's being Mm -hmm. pulled down, uh, down the M6. (laughs) Okay, so it is actually cool. on the road. Um, nice, and that's you know that's how they get all the coverage and stuff. So, oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, pretty neat, pretty neat stuff. Yeah, um, but yes, I would recommend this movie. I think it's great. Um, to me, this is like one of the most. I always think about this when I think about like constrained, um, tight movies that are very, mm-hmm. um, like, intense and gripping and kind of keep your keep your mind in the moment of like what's happening Um, yeah Yeah. and you know it's just it's one of those ones for me where i'm like this is pretty awesome it's got yeah it's got a lot a lot going for it so um yeah great movie i think
1: (laughs) good choice good choice too what do you want to do next week Man, well, my week is busy because I'm the best man for my brother, so I'm yeah. kind of like I do want I do want to get around to Silence, but I'm trying to figure out when I would have time to watch that because it's like,
0: well, hey, me and Juzo are gonna go see Bo is Afraid. Okay, um, we could review that if you want. Um, There's
1: a lot of talk. Uh, there was a lot of talk on Saturday night about yeah. that movie. Tim and JD saw it. JD said um,
0: it, he hated it. It was the worst movie he's ever seen.
1: It made me really curious to like be like, what would J.D. think of Hereditary? Because I think he would like it. I think J.D. would like Hereditary. But not this one. I, uh, well, I don't know anything about this movie. Oh, okay. But um, I, I do think that J.D. would like Hereditary. Because well, he loves horror.
0: Yeah, Hereditary is a great, great movie. But um, this one has been polarizing a lot of people, I think. Um, so I'm interested to see it. We could do it. We could review it. And give you the week off, Isaac. I think
1: people want to hear about that. Okay. So, I mean, I'm not going to get in the way of it. I don't think I'll have time to watch it. The only thing I really want to go to the theater to see is Return of the Jedi. I just feel like I want to be in those redwoods, you know. I want to see the Walker go down on the big screen?
0: Have you? Um, when was the last time you saw Return of the Jedi?
1: Oh, it's been it's been a while. I think I feel like I've watched the beginning, maybe a year. Ago go at the like Jabba's palace. But I always love, I always love those scenes like with the, uh, the AT, like the four legged Walker in the woods. Yeah. And that whole like landing ba- and like Darth Vader talking to Luke, like they're actually having that conversation. That's always my favorite part of that movie. To be honest, what happens with the, the Ewoks and the generator and all that stuff, <laughs> that's more that, that brings me back to like playing with Legos. That's sure, what yeah. it makes me excited. Um, yeah. I, th- kid, I really do think but... the
0: best part of that movie is Jabba's palace. I think it's a spectacular sequence. It's so good. Um, oh yeah! But I think I think the movie doesn't quite. It doesn't recover. Yeah, know, maybe sure. because it's too good. It's too good at the beginning. I haven't seen it. I think I watched. I rewatched all of them for, um, uh, for, Force Awakens. I think. Mm. So I I think that might have been the last time I saw Return of the Jedi.
1: When Lando's got that armor and he does a little nod. And that's so cool and John Yeah, and it's awesome.
0: It's awesome. Yeah. You know, there's the music. there's a lot. <laughs> yeah. so oh, good. Um and even just the surprise element of it too. I, obviously, I've grown up with this movie as like a kid, you know, this is like one that we would throw on all the time. Um even probably more than Empire, I would say, cuz it's mm-hmm. it's got that fun Quality to it. Empire is more yeah. like a straightforward movie, um, but the surprise of like you know when he's gonna turn around, when he's gonna you know when R two D two is gonna shoot out the the thing and you know everything goes to mayhem. She chokes out Java. <laughs> they start yeah. shooting the gunship. You know it's sick. It's awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so. And cool. then you watch like Book of Boba Fett, and it's like Jabba's palace is like a shell. What it was. It's just depression. Yeah. You're yeah. sitting there, you're like, why? Why is this <laughs> happening to me?
0: Yeah. Um, no, I, yeah. The Rancor. Oh man. All that stuff. That's like 30 minutes of the movie. It's gotta be, right? <laughs> That's oh yeah, no sequence.
1: <laughs> Definitely let me look. How long is Jabba's Palace? How long? How long is Jabba's Palace from Moss isley Oh, like directions.
0: like how far is it
1: yeah it's a half an hour
0: yeah yeah.
1: they're saying so far it's entertaining but the problem is it doesn't really add anything to the movie
0: what are you talking about
1: (laughs) whatculture.com what kind of garbage take is that
0: I just (laughs) so dumb I mean, it's I like, guess, sure, plot-wise, it doesn't, but... Or does it? I don't know. Does it? They have to get
1: Han Solo back, right? Do they? Ten reasons why Return of the Jedi isn't as perfect. Number nine.
0: Well, yeah. Jabba's
1: Uh <laughs> Stupid. That is so stupid.
0: I mean, yes. Uh, Return of the Jedi is not the best of the three the original three I don't even know if it's the second best (laughs) it's probably (laughs) the third best
1: (laughs) they're criticizing that uh the characters were split up as if that didn't happen in the other movies
0: yeah that happens in every movie
1: (laughs) (laughs) the chemistry isn't as sharp
0: okay I don't know what I don't know what article you're reading, but you got to get off this website. It's gonna make me mad.
1: <laughs> oh man, another Death Star. I can understand that. Yeah,
0: I guess. Sure, sure. but
1: at least it was like the half-constructed one. I, was, I mean, at least it it's pretty, pretty cool. cool. That's pretty cool. I didn't definitely <laughs> number five, Karen. All your favorite characters turn out to be dicks. What? What does that mean? <laughs> Why is that a sin of Return of the Jedi? What?
0: What are your favorite characters? What is he talking about? He's talking about how...
1: um, Like Luke Skywalker? Obi-Wan and and Yoda are just the worst. What? Obi-Wan didn't want Luke to have the truth. And Yoda has deceived his deception because he knew about Anakin. And it makes Luke reconsider the Jedi. That doesn't make
0: the movie bad. It makes it more interesting. Yeah, that makes it more interesting. <laughs> what do you mean, all your favorite characters? Who ca- I mean, like, obviously, Yoda's cool and all, but, like, he, you know, he's like a okay, minor character in the fifth one.
1: They're, they're, um. <laughs>
0: this is the worst. What are we doing here? Okay, so, why, so why reasons are we...
1: four, four through <laughs> two, Garen. Reasons four through two are like Ewoks. <laughs> yeah, the end is kind of boring. Guess what number 1 is? The number 1 reason Return of the Jedi isn't as perfect as you remember. Guess what the number, What's the number 1 reason is? What's the
0: number 1 reason?
1: Vader sacrifices himself for nothing. Was this written by an AI? Like did they never watch this movie? What are you, what are you talking about? It's like, a, it's like the, mo- <laughs> it's the most important. Vader part sacrifices of the movie.
0: himself for nothing? What does that even mean? <laughs>
1: <laughs> what? <laughs> they say, yes, we know it isn't entirely fair. It's not the film's fault, but post Rise of Skywalker, it ends up being for nothing.
0: What? Oh, because. Oh, because because uh, the emperor comes back to life. <laughs> I mean, that's true, but that's not that's not an imperfect. Yeah, but those are well, like not fan a problem fiction.
1: With, you know, those are fan fiction movies, right? Yeah, so. they don't
0: really exist. I think, I don't really think somehow that. the emperor is alive or whatever. <laughs> that was the most ridiculous. I don't. I don't even want to talk about it.
1: Also, these Why people do they don't a... know.
0: They don't know Star Wars, okay? Like,
1: they say, this is their... Vader dies and the Emperor goes with him. And the balance to the Force is restored. What are you talking about? Like, the balance of the Force is always light and dark. Like, that's, like, pretty much shown... Well, I mean, I watched the Clone Wars series. Nobody understands
0: what the balance of the Force means. It doesn't even make sense. You gotta watch the
1: Clone Wars. You gotta, you gotta, see Cameron, you don't (laughs) realize that in the Clone Wars they go to this planet (laughs) and they have like this like evil Satan-esque being that represents the dark side of the Force and this like lovely being of light and then this old man that's the father of both of them Mm -hmm. and they own each their own half of the planet. And for some reason, Obi Wan, Anakin, and Ahsoka get sucked into this wormhole, and they learn about this whole you know other dimension where they see everything into this stuff. And of uh, course, at the end of this whole plot, um, they they wake up in their starship and forgot all of it. But you you at least get to witness you know the explanation for what's even going on, right? <laughs> Or it's all That's metaphorical. So Who knows? Who, are we Who knows?
0: About? <laughs> this is this is dumb. I this I don't is triggering I don't,
1: Cameron beyond what he can even express over a microphone.
0: <laughs> I never understood the balance of the force thing. Like I mean, okay, I get it. I get it sort of, but it never makes sense in context of um, of the movies because the goal of of you know the balancing of the force. And all the movies is basically to just kill the Sith. Like that's the balancing of the Force, according to the Jedi. And that doesn't even make sense. Well, like, what does that have to do with anything? Like, why would don't they know. be so? Why would be? Why would they be so surprised that Anakin turns evil if he's the one who's supposed to bring balance to the Force? Because he that Actually, would mean that he would be the 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 one who's taking up the mantle of the Sith because he's powerful or whatever. <laughs>
1: No, I think I think what um, I think kind of the uh, I don't think it's well thought out, but I think the the idea is like (laughs) you know because like Luke kind of has that like light and dark right like his 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 decision to face Vader was probably more predicated out of you know curiosity right and like needing to know right needing to like I don't know he leaves really selfishly. no, he le- he leaves really selfishly in re- in uh, um Empire, Empire strikes back, right? And uh yeah, I think but I think the biggest <sighs> the biggest issue with the prequels and the thing that some of the clone war stuff does is that they talk about the force as being like the force exists with light and dark no matter what. You know, there's nothing you can do to get rid of that balance it's very like yin and yang it's very eastern right and and so when the clone wars explores that right they they kind of show like you know how the yin and yang thing has like uh, the order has like a dot of chaos in it, yeah. And the chaos has a no. Dot I'm f- of order. I'm familiar
0: with the idea of of the balance of the the dark and the light inside of you, and the Eastern idea of yin and yang and whatnot. But but I'm saying in the context of the movie, when's the first time you hear about the balance of the force or whatever? When do, when do we talk about this? Is this in Phantom Menace? I don't think it's in the original three. Yeah, it's probably
1: Phantom Menace, which. I just want to say they totally should have blown out Qui Gon Jinn and Count Dooku. I feel like those are probably the most interesting characters if you're talking about this idea, because oh
0: sure, Qui Gon sure, Jinn, yeah, they actually goes thought about the script and you know did did some <laughs> some work on like what the themes were and what they meant. Yeah,
1: <laughs> right, right. He actually goes against what the the Jedi like religion is saying in order to. You know, for what he sees in Anakin. Qui-Gon Duku, Yeah, and Dooku explains in the second one that he's like, Qui-Gon Jin would have joined me if he had understood what was going on with the Jedi being so, like, you know, blind to... They're basically one-sided without acknowledging what's going on in the world, you know? Yeah,
0: but this There's is even... what I mean, is how can we... The idea of, of having the Sith... And the Jedi <laughs> in like the original, right? This is like this is good and evil. They're battling it out. They're duking it out, you know. And then to integrate this idea of, um, well, and and y- you think about you think about this: the redemption of um, of Darth Vader is that he recognizes that there is still a possibility for good in him, right? So you think about that, and <laughs> but then with the prequels. Then now we're talking about how the system of good and evil needs to work in a, um, in balance. like this push and pull of having the evil people win sometimes and having the good people win sometimes. Like, what is this? What is this supposed to mean? Like, I don't understand why, like, why is there this idea that the balance of the force is about these two opposing sides instead of what it was originally Harmony. which is the the balance of the good and evil inside of your own heart you know it doesn't even make sense <laughs> i think i think it's it's the
1: prequels are about europe <laughs> and uh <laughs> the original trilogy saying, is about the civil war i don't know
0: something I, like that i don't know i just think it's like a little um it's a little ridiculous to say like Um, to say that there was forethought in, in this idea of Anakin bringing balance to the force means that the Jedi would assume that that means that he's, he's going to destroy the Sith. That's, that's what it's always paired, paired with. It's, um, Anakin is the, the chosen one. He's in the prophecy. He's going to bring balance to the force and destroy the Sith. That's always what, what comes after. Remember?
1: Yeah, yeah, It yeah. doesn't
0: even make sense. What does that mean? How could you bring balance to the force if you destroy the Sith?
1: Yeah, I don't know. This
0: is mind-numbing. Mind-numbing. I don't understand.
1: I couldn't stop thinking about Jar Jar in that rant <laughs> when you're talking about that. He's like, <laughs> making fart jokes. I don't think it's that serious. But
0: but if you're Anakin, right? Let's say you're Anakin, and you've um, you've knocked up this girl. And you have to drive all the way from the Senate uh, to, uh, to the outskirts of Coruscant. Do you leave the Jedi Temple <laughs> and abandon everybody?
1: That's not the situation, Cameron.
0: Oh, sure, sure, sure. I'm just saying. If it was. <laughs>
1: Man, I'm so I'm sure that if anybody is still listening at this point, they're like, "What? why? <laughs> why? Why did we sit through that?
0: We've just had a really um, interesting, intricate discussion about the morals of um, of the Star Wars universe and how they really just don't make any sense at all times. They change
1: from trilogy to trilogy. Let's yeah, just put it that
0: sure. way. I mean, what are the morals tri- of this, the new trilogy? Are there even any? What are they talking about?
1: I don't know. I, like I said, I think the weird thing about the new trilogy is that it's like nostalgia, and then the third one... Goes back to that whole like bringing balance to the force, or the second one, the Ryan Johnson one, with the whole like we can, we can like Kylo Ren and Ray are like oh like we can like work together.
0: They're they're the diode. Yeah,
1: yeah, they're like oh together like we can like do this thing, you know. And they just they just don't lean into it. Can you imagine if they actually like committed? That would be great.
0: That would have been so much better. You know, I I agree. Yeah, but also, can you
1: imagine if they also like just let Finn be a real character? Can you imagine that? Can you
0: just imagine if they didn't <laughs> decide to bring uh, Emperor Palpatine back for some reason? That last movie is so terrible. It, like JD's talk yeah. about, Bo is afraid being the worst movie he's ever seen. That's the worst movie I've ever seen. Okay, that and Aquaman. Just I just picture. Uh... Lando laughing or whatever that <laughs> one. you know, like
1: he's like laughing in the Millennium Falcon.
0: So dumb! Is, it's such a dumb movie.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I keep having people recommend that I watch Andor, um, and I started watching it, and it's pretty good, but it's a little slow, it's a little boring, <laughs> but it was pretty good. Okay, because it did this thing where it was like we're just going to tell a story about a guy. That's it. Like, it's like almost like completely disconnected from all the other things you've seen. And it's like, Oh, that was kind of good. You know, that was kind of interesting when I was watching and it's got bootstrap, the bill, the bootstrap bill actor in it. That's awesome. Mm. You know who I'm talking about?
0: Um, <clears throat> I don't remember his name. Me neither,
1: but he's good in it.
0: Let me see if I can find him. Uh oh, Skarsgard. Skel- Stellan Skarsgard. He's yeah. also the uh speaking of Bootstrap Bill, he's also the uh um the bad guy from uh Girl with a Dragon tattoo. <laughs> I remember.
1: Yeah, and he's in Dune. That's what that was the last role that I loved him yeah, in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man. Talk okay, you want to talk about some like good galaxy like tension good and evil, that kind of thing.
0: Sure. Yeah. Dune. Dune. Are you excited I got to watch? Uh, yeah.
1: Oh my gosh. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm going to, I probably see an opening weekend. Is this going to be a trilogy
0: or is it just going to be this, this one? It's supposed to be, it's supposed to be,
1: I mean, some, some people are assuming it's going to be either. I forget. I talked to some people that watched the movie and they were like, they could do it in two. But I'm like, wait, why would they do it in two? Yeah, that's, what, that's yeah. what doesn't make sense to me. Um,
0: oh wow, there's going to be a th- simultaneous theatrical and HBO Max release.
1: I'm I'm going to go see it. Me too. Long.
0: That I just that seems bad to me, but because <laughs> also that movie needs to be should be seen on the uh, on the big screen. But you know,
1: I, I wonder. I wonder when they're going to um, show a, a trailer for this thing.
0: Uh, it will be uh, released on Wednesday. <laughs> oh. That's what it says.
1: Austin Butler's in it?
0: I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Florence
1: so. Pugh. Juliana loves Florence Pugh. Yeah. Right now. She's in a lot of movies that I've seen,
0: but I can never remember what they are. <laughs> I'm trying to look. Really? Have you seen um Midsommar?
1: No. Oh. Little I saw Black Widow. You saw, saw Black B- Widow and Don't Worry Darling.
0: You saw Black. Oh, and Widow? then
1: she Yeah, 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 yeah. And she's in uh she's in she's in Puss in Boots. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> right, Right.
0: Right. Your favorite.
1: We got to stop. All right. Well, we post every Tuesday. Thank you guys for listening. Um, until next week, we will, you will hear from us then. We won't see you then, but you'll hear from us then. All right. See you guys.